1: To hire drivers, you've got to work fast and smart. Did you know Driver Pulse, a driver-facing mobile app from 10th Street, is two to three times more effective than texting and four to five times more effective than email at getting drivers to respond? Driver Pulse is the largest source of free driver applications in trucking, downloaded by almost two million drivers to find jobs, complete training, and communicate with carriers. Companies find who they're looking for, and drivers find their homes with Driver Pulse from 10th Street a name you trust. That's 10street.com, Welcome back to another edition of Chat Call. Today, we're covering how to pick up the pieces when a national carrier ceases operations. Before we get into our guest interview, there is some news in the world that you should check out. Volvo Trucks North America is recalling sixty-three thousand thousand trucks in the U.S. and Canada because the windshield wiper motor can wear out prematurely limiting visibility in rainy conditions. No accidents or injuries are linked to this issue but Volvo told the National Highway's Traffic Safety Administration the driver may notice the wipers slowing or stopping intermittently before wiper motor gears fail. The risk of crash definitely increases when the wipers fail. Volvo decided to conduct a safety recall because the warranty claims reached 5.8% and it had 51 reports of service requests due to inoperative wipers. About 6% of the recall trucks are expected to exhibit the issue. Trucks in the recall population were built from May 3rd of 2021 through July 5th of 2023. Of the recall trucks, 55,000 are in the U.S. and 8,000 are in Canada. The truck maker first became aware of the issue in October 2021 when its engineers spotted an increasing trend of wiper motor failures. This week's on our chart of the show is the various length of haul volumes. Long haul freight, loads moving more than 800 miles, demand is on the rise earlier than seasonally expected in July, and it is the main driver behind the recent increase in national tender volumes. It should be noted that demand remains down from an annual perspective, but the trendline around loads moving more than 450 miles has shifted significantly over the past month. Traditionally, replenishment orders moving from the west to east start to increase around Labor Day, but intermodal volumes, both domestic and international, are also on the rise, indicating that shippers may be getting late-year inventory ready ahead of schedule. If this is the case, it's not a bad strategy if shippers are trying to avoid any potential disruptions that could occur in trucking's traditional peak season. Today, we are joined by Sarah Eggleston, the Vice President of Supply Chain Solutions and Sales at Redwood Logistics. Welcome to the sh- Welcome back to the show, Sarah. Hi, Mary. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so we met you on the show before, but it was in a little different capacity. So why don't we get some background on you and how you started at Redwood?
0: Sure. Yeah. So I've really spent my whole career on the 3PL side of the world, uh, actually started as an analyst heavy in LTL and parcel. So those two modes kind of always been like my home base. Um, Moved on to like a full service 3PL solution, done everything from brokerage, transportation management, operations, implementations, et cetera. Landed eventually in sales. Uh, And actually the first time that Redwood kind of got on my radar was actually at a FreightWaves conference um, back in 2019 in Atlanta. And I think it was the first time they were demoing Redwood Connect, like live at those demos there. Um, and that was the first time, like, they really hit my radar. I was, you know, super impressed by that and kind of continued to follow what they were doing in the industry and, you know, the innovative side of the business really growing and taking off for them. Uh, and then about a year ago, I heard from them that they were kind of leading into their LTL and parcel sales team and sales strategy really even further and looking to expand that offering. So, you know, I had the opportunity to come over to the team, super excited to be here, you know, a company, company that I... Really believe in um, from an innovation standpoint, and, and feel like they're kind of very forward thinking and all things supply chain. Red was no stranger to chat call. I think we're uh, single handedly making our way around every department that you guys have there, which is a uh, I, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> A lot of smart people here. I would say I'm, um, you know, just over a year in now is still still impressed every day at the the talent level here. So
1: I will say that you guys do have some pretty heavy hitters, um, which I mean, is a good problem to have that you have so many intelligent people in one spot. Um, But something that you kind of touched on a little bit is that your, you know, backgrounds in LTL and parcel um, and Redwood, you know, we've talked to the director of parcel over there and you guys do a significant amount of it. And you know, we've recently seen some shakeups in parcel and LTL, so we'll just get into those. So what do you kind of think the overall impact of the uh, the threatened strike from UPS, it will be? Do you think that it's just part of the, you know, that every couple of years everybody switches from FedEx to UPS and vice versa because of just who shippers are as people or do you think that this is really going to be some long-term negative effects for UPS?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, everyone's, you know, very relieved that that didn't actually happen, right? The repercussions on the economy alone from something like that would be huge. Um, but I think what's important for shippers to remember is that, you know, although the union is not striking, right? They're coming to that competitive agreement, it's being voted on, all of that. It really doesn't mean that things stay status quo for UPS. Um, you know, I think the union is like really excited about what they got in that contract, better wages, better benefits, air conditioning in their trucks, right? Great. That's a great thing. And those workers deserve it. Um, but it's not like UPS is just going to take that to the bottom line, take that cost impact to the bottom line and be okay with it. I think shippers should certainly expect those cost increases on UPS's end from an operating perspective to be passed along, both through, you know, rate increases, GRIs, new surcharges, new accessorial charges, all of that. Um, And ultimately, like eventually, if you're a heavy parcel shipper, or heavy in e-commerce, like eventually that makes its way all the way to the consumer. Right. And we see increase in product costs and the cost of transportation goes up. Eventually that's going to land, you know, at the in the consumers lap at some point.
1: I like that. The um, when you bring up the random new surcharges, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten something and been like, what the heck is this Surcharge, And they basically have like another way of describing something that already exists, but this way they can charge it like in addition to something else. And it's just like, man, I never cease to never ceases to amaze me how easily they can sneak in a little extra 60 bucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's a big part of what Redwood's parcel business is. It's what we call contract mediation, or it's it's getting it's helping shippers negotiate those contracts. Really understanding all those nuances. You know, if you're not a parcel expert, it can be overwhelming to read through them, understand the impacts of not only accessorial charges, but volume incentive tiers, discounts, uh, all of that. So, having somebody, you know, on your side like Redwood to really help you understand as you go through that contract negotiation process what should you ask for? How should you ask for it? It's a give and take like any negotiation. So you get something over here. What are you giving up and what really is the impact to your bottom line and to your business uh, through those negotiations? It always kind of fascinates me. And, you know, I mean,
1: we've worked together on LTL sides and it always surprises me that how many people forget that you can just ask for whatever you want in a negotiation and the worst they'll say is no. But, you know, they also might say yes. And so I think that's something that a lot of shippers forget is that, you know, if you have something that an accessorial that you get charged on every shipment, you know, you can ask for that to be mitigated down. And maybe, you know, something that doesn't happen as often you can, you can increase that cost just because the likelihood of it happening is, you know, pretty slim. So it always uh, kind of blows my mind that people just forget that that's something that they can do.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, what's the worst that can happen? They say no on it. And I think the important part of where Redwood comes into play is like, let's say you decide to ask for an accessorial to be discounted. So we'll help you through, like, should you ask for it to be waived? Should you ask for it to be discount? And when you do that, and let's say they give it to you, let's make sure that like a discount didn't get worse over here um, and kind of running the full impact of those negotiations as you go. But yeah, especially in parcel contracts. I mean, every, everything's up for a negotiation. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so one of the things that people have really kind of had to learn on since this potential strike that happened, myself personally, I was very much hoping that it was not going to come to a strike um, specifically for the cold chain side of things because FedEx doesn't have as as robust cold chain uh, temperature controlled network. But one of the things that I think shippers learned is the need to have that contingency plan. So kind of how do you think that this is going to change uh, the 3PL role going forward, you know, with all these different labor unions working up contracts we kind of seem to be in a big contract cycle right now with various different unions. Um, how do we how do shippers navigate forward and how do 3PLs make sure they have good
0: uh, contingency plans in
1: place for, you know, parcel shipping or any other kind?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, carrier diversification always has to be part of your strategy. And to your point, right, UPS has certain areas where they excel and FedEx has certain areas where they excel um but i also think a big part now that maybe wasn't as pre- prevalent years ago is regional parcel carriers. You know, it used to be FedEx or UPS kind of period uh, and now we're seeing regional parcel carriers really come into the mix there in a strategic way. They can offer, you know, lower costs than some of the national players can, good service and and really having a strategic mix of those. You know, you don't want to like spread yourself too thin. Um but Really aligning the right carrier with where they're going to service you best, from both from a cost and a service standpoint, is uh, something I think shippers are looking at a lot more seriously now as all of these strikes come into the news, not just in parcel, right? We're going to talk about LTL in just a second. Um, but making sure you have those backup plans and and maybe you didn't have a relationship with those carriers in the past or you don't know how to go about doing something like that. That is where Redwood comes into play to not only help introduce those relationships that we've built as a 3PL, um, but again, back to the analytics, right? They make it extremely difficult to compare parcel carriers, apples to apples, right? Unless you have some kind of system or an analysis tool doing it for you, it's very hard to do. So that's where it comes into play is saying, you know, the idea of diversifying your carrier mix sounds great, but what's the impact, right? What is it doing to the dollars and to the business? I think that
1: if we've learned anything from the strikes and the bankruptcies that we're going to touch on in a little bit, I think that um, this is going to be the next few years is going to be the rise of the regional carrier. I'm making a hot freight opinion. I'm doing a long call shot. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot more regional carriers have a lot of success and, you know, really secure some of that market that uh, UPS and FedEx and other large carriers have traditionally held. And I'm, I'm excited for the rise of the regional carrier.
0: Yeah, I love that hot take, and I totally agree with you. We're a big fan of the regional carrier over here in Redwood, and uh, I think you're right. I agree. I am. I will happily come
1: back and look at this episode in a couple of years and see what happened. Uh, I would. I. I could be wrong, but maybe I'm not. But on the other side of things, now that we've kind of looked at UPS and you know it breathed a sigh of relief that that's not quite the um, the fire that we thought we were going to have to put out um we can switch over to yellow most recently you know yellow it hasn't uh, as of right now when we're recording this <laughs> they haven't officially filed for bankruptcy but it's anticipated that they will any moment um what is kind of the best approach to take with shippers when you're dealing with this i mean thankfully we've had notice with yellow and they did deliver everything else that was in their network but you know in the past what 5 years or so we've seen some other ltl carriers go out of business just overnight and like stop calling and just stop responding to phone calls. What is kind of the best way to help your shipper, you know, make sure that they don't get their freight lost in something like this?
0: Yeah. And I think it comes back to communication, right? It's communicating upfront early, whether you're using a 3PL or whether you're direct with yellow. Um, You know, it's an unfortunate circumstance, obviously, very Sad news in the LTL world. And, you know, my heart goes out to all the employees that are impacted by that. But it comes back to kind of the same thing as parcel, right? Carrier diversification strategy and your carrier mix. I think, you know, one of the biggest things that we are navigating with our customers, both existing customers and, you know, new prospects coming into the sales process is the cost component. You know, Yellow had really cemented themselves as a low cost provider, probably, you know, part of the reason they were not able to be profitable, be a little lower cost than their operating costs were. Um, but I think what's going to happen is a lot of these yellow shippers or people that had them as a large chunk of their network, when they go out to market, they probably are going to have a little bit of sticker shock, right? When they go out and see what are the real costs that are out there for other providers. So come back. it comes back to the regional strategy. I think Really, it's going to be about for those shippers to, you know, not necessarily save money, but avoid major increases by shifting from one carrier to another. It's going to be looking at that carrier mix and that strategic mix between national and regional. Um, There's a lot of good regional carriers out there that offer lower costs. They have lower overhead. They've got less inefficiencies built into their operation just based on the size of our network. So they can keep you in that relatively low cost environment. Um, And, you know, they've found a niche, right? They're good at what they do. They service it well. Uh, Back to our conversation earlier about niche. Um, So I I think you're right. I think you're going to see a rise in the regional carriers. I don't necessarily think you're going to see a huge impact um, from the, like, premium service LTL carriers. It wouldn't, like, naturally make sense from a yellow shipper to all of a sudden go to a premium level carrier from a price perspective, from a cost perspective, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of like the mid-range kind of tier two nationals and regionals really take on the bulk of that freight and and evaluate, you know, who they're going to partner with strategically from a shipper perspective. I think people have talked about shipper of choice for years and years, um, but it's relevant and it's important. And especially in an environment like this, when you're going to see all of yellow freight flood the market, you know, how do you make yourself most attractive to the carriers? Uh, how do you put yourself in the best position to be successful on that? Um, I think Redwood can help with that, not only from our relationships with the carriers, but also like packaging up your bid package to present it correctly and accurately, and take any of the guesswork out of it for the carriers so they can price appropriately.
1: That is something that I think is very underrated and undervalued is just, is your actual bid package. You know, uh, you and I work together not to not to you know toot our own horn, but we put out pretty amazing bids, um, and so I think that just really kind of getting ahead of it and knowing that like this is what the whole content is this is this is the accurate freight data here's the uh, t- open times close times receiving times for all the facilities and where they're located I think just having all that information up front that really sets that roadmap of you know this is how you're going to be successful with this customer and pictures of freight too are like they speak louder than anything so, that is almost worth its weight in gold because then you're not going to have, if if a, if a carrier knows exactly what they're getting and what they're bidding on, they're going to be able to give you much more competitive pricing and much more accurate pricing versus, I don't know, it's on a pallet, probably. Then they're going to say, okay, well, we're going to go on higher pricing because we don't know what we're getting into. So the carrier, like as the carrier, I need to protect myself. So I think that's something that you know, people don't touch on a lot is how important and crucial, a strong bid, big bid bid packages.
0: Yeah, you are exactly right. I know that's near and dear to your heart, having Mm -hmm. done so many of those LTL bids. And it is exactly our philosophy at Redwood is pictures, to your point, dimensions, pictures, like we call it take the hedge out, right? Take the hedge out for the carriers. As soon as you introduce doubt into the equation, they're going to assume worst case scenario. So take all the doubt out of the picture, it's going to result in better pricing, more accurate pricing and, you know, a better relationship to, to start off with the carrier that way. Oh, absolutely. I find that if
1: you just get, it all comes back to that communication. If you get ahead of it and you're able to really, you know, tell everyone, start everyone on the same page, there's no surprises. It takes out that, well, what could happen? What would this look like kind of scenario? It just says, here you go. This is what we've got. We're all on the same page. There's no surprises. And if there is a surprise, it's a surprise to all of us. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, you touched on it a little bit. Do you think there will be like massive service disruptions as a result of yellow? Like, do you think some shippers will? Let me break it down into two. The first part of it is, do you think there are some shippers that risk not having their freight get delivered at all as a result of yellow going out because maybe the, uh, the overall capacity in the market is can't accommodate it? And on the flip side, do you think there will be a huge ripple that will cause terminals to shut down or, you know, capacity to get a little haywire as a result of Yellow's uh, operation ceasing?
0: Uh, No, I think is the overall answer to, to really both. And I'll explain why. I think the LTL market, I think, certainly has the capacity to absorb Yellow's freight and um, east carrier has kind of said that everybody had available capacity it's going to be more of a question of where is it going to land because i think um i think abf reported recently right their volumes are up 10% and xpo said something similar but i don't necessarily think that that's where it's going to ultimately find its new home i think that's a immediate need to keep freight moving right and who else do i already have a contract with i got to put it on that trailer because i need the freight off my dock and i need to continue shipping um, but I think what you're gonna see, you know in the coming months is a lot more bids coming to market. Those heavy yellow shippers are going to get themselves organized, right? They're going to go out to bid. They're going to host a procurement event, and they're going to reevaluate their carrier strategy in that mix. Um, and whether it results in savings for them, you know, that's kind of yet to be seen on how on how strategic shippers are with their carrier mix. I think the capacity is there to absorb it. The disruption is going to be in, you know the short term. As things find their new home and kind of where we're taking our stand at Redwood for both existing customers that, you know, happen to be in a rebid cycle right now and new customers coming in and evaluating their LTL strategy. Uh, We're taking the stance of like first to the table is better because, um, you know, things are kind of just continuing to flow right now. We do think as you get into Q4 and later in the year, you're going to see a surge in bids with the carriers. So get there first. Don't delay if you're in a st- in a cycle where you need to rebid anyway because your pricing was expiring, you've taken increases already, you've decided you need to be a little bit more strategic about your carrier mix sooner rather than later, right? If you wait, that, carrier, that freight is going to found its new home, capacity gap is going to shrink. And I think a big part that shippers maybe underestimate is that those pricing departments at the carriers are going to be taxed. They're going to be stretched thin. And you know from having dealt with them, when they get in those bid cycles where they're overwhelmed with the number of bids that are coming in, they just either don't participate or they just throw pricing at you. That's not their most aggressive pricing, most competitive pricing, um, just to continue to push bids through the process. So as we get later in the year, people get organized, put their bid packages together, get out to network. Uh, You're going to see the repercussions of that if you wait and do that in that process, um, you know, Q4 and on. That is something
1: that I did not even think about because, you know, Thanksgiving is the best time to launch a bid, apparently, for literally everyone. So um, I don't know what it is about the Q4 right around the holidays. Let's all have all of our bids due or have them go out and have them done by the end of the year. Um, It's a nightmare. And I can only imagine how insane it's going to be this year. So yeah, absolutely. If you are a shipper looking or a 3PL with some shipper contracts that's due up in the fall just go ahead and put those bid packages together now and maybe just get ahead of it a little bit because uh, I can't say that the rates are going to get down this better.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think people are taking the stance of like, well, let's like wait and see how it all shakes out. And I'm like, it's not shaking out with yellow coming back into the market. And, you know, this is happening uh, and getting ahead of it and being proactive in your in your strategy is definitely the way to go. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've
1: seen yellow kind of on on this, this stoop before, but there doesn't seem to be anyone coming in and swooping in to save them this time, unlike the last few times that we've heard them threaten of bankruptcy. But, you know, laying off most of the workforce and shutting down terminals, it's a pretty good indication that it's it's for real this time.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: unfortunately. So that being said, uh, we are almost running out of time, and we know where you stand on hot dogs to sandwiches from the last time that you were on the show. But what I need to know this time, and I feel like you are uniquely qualified, is I need your best dad slash mom joke uh, because we all love a good laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. My kids are, you know, of that premium age where they think their parents are the funniest people on the planet. Uh, My husband has fully embraced his dad joke era. So (laughs) I have one that's a little bit like transportation related. So I was like, this is perfect. Okay, so why did Sweden put barcodes on their chips? Why do they put barcodes? so they could sweden so they could scan them you're close i was like if you guess this i'm gonna be so mad so they could scandinavian oh that is actually a really good one thank you i can't be cut it courtesy of my husband i
1: like it uh we have to tell them that it's a it's a smash one i would highly use it i, I would recommend it for health for halloween trick-or-treat joking i'll let them know thanks All right. So if anyone has any questions on, you know, how to build a healthy carrier mix, um, how to, you know, navigate a parcel contract negotiation, where can they find you outside the show?
0: They should head on over to RedwoodLogistics.com. Actually just launched a brand new website. So go check it out. Lots of cool things to see over there. Lots of content. Uh, There's a couple of blog posts out as well related to navigating parcel and LTL. So redwoodlogistics.com. will point you in the right direction there.
1: All right, you guys heard it here first. Go over there and uh, I'm pretty sure that there's a nice contact desk page if you want to slide into Sarah's DMs. Other than that, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mary. It was great to be here. and good to see you. Find Check calls the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts such as Loaded and Rolling and Point of Sale. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Check Call. See you on the internet.